Hi, welcome to the Social Innovation Lab, a podcast dedicated to making sure you are in the know with everything happening on social media. Social Innovation Lab. I'm your host, Dulce Matos, and for this episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with two guests from our Phenomena Monks, a planner community that deconstructs cultural topics and valuable experiences into strategies and business opportunities. Brand strategist at Media Monks, Carla Gatica, has been in the industry for almost eight years as a former marketing consultant, working with tech, entertainment, consumer goods, and spirit brands. Now, as a brand strategist, Carla develops communication strategies and culturally relevant brand positionings for Media Monk's global client portfolio. With the Phenomena Monks, Carla works together with other strategists as they analyze social and cultural phenomena and how they impact people's lives and how brands can build upon that. Domingo Aguilar Mendiola is a social media strategist for Media Monks. He's a teacher at the National Autonomous University of Mexico, a football enthusiast, and a former reporter for El Financiero, Bloomberg, in Mexico. With the Phenomena Monks, Domingo discusses and builds new points of view regarding ongoing events related to human interaction and how brands can approach it. Domingo works with clients that are from a variety of industries, from sports to beverages and from entertainment all the way to insurance services. They are here today to talk to us about their recent Social Bite mini-report, the state of play, and the augmentation of self. Joining us from Mexico City, Carla and Domingo. Thank you for having us for this while, Dulce, and thanks for the opportunity. When we think of the concept of play, we're talking about our innate impulse to pursue our personal desires, and I think I'm <laughs> quite quotating you guys. But I would like you to explain to everyone who's listening what is play on a high level? How would you describe it? And also, if you could tell us why you think that brands should care about play. So when we started looking at this topic, we started thinking just as play, just like you said, as this impulse to really pursue our personal desires. And as we know, we're like going through this individual and social interactions all the time. And what we're looking for are rewards, different kind of environments, as well as new spaces for being so we can engage with all of them. And it's really interesting because we are constantly looking for this satisfaction of getting anything through this possibility of fun at the same time. And it's interesting because it will allow us to really achieve progress in a way, enabling all the achievement through learning and also through functionality, what we also call aesthetics and fun. So it's a group of things that guide us through the possibility of achieving something, but, you know, having fun in the process. And I'll let Carla tell us, but why is it important for brands, right? What do you think, Carla? Yeah, thanks. Um, well, when we think of brands and how brands can use play to maybe promote certain behaviors or promote certain interactions with communities or among communities, we actually see the real value in that place. Because if we think in our lives that are like in a constant state of stress and rationality, when we have these spaces of play and fun and just like more this contractured way of approaching to people and to activities, we can actually give value to people when we interact with them through play. So as brands, we can actually use these spaces of play to engage with people in this way. And how is new technology transcending our ability to utilize our game skills? Has our view of play changed at some point from web to 
to Web3 paradigms? Yeah, it's been really interesting, this question, because when we think about Web 2.0 specifically, you know, we started thinking about how platforms like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter were born and the interactions they allowed, right? So definitely we can see a change on the way this kind of technology has also allowed us now to jump into these specific places like the metaverse, or we can talk about the sandbox, we can talk about the central end, and all of these places that allow us to change this kind of interaction. But there have been a lot of motivations or the intrinsic motivations that have been pushed by every platform. So if we think about Instagram, for example, we can think about it as the possibility of building of a whole image, right? When we see Instagram profiles, we see how people really care about the aesthetics and the way to build an image inside Web 2.0. And the mechanics that strengthen the behavior inside Instagram, for example, are likes, saves, subscriptions, swipes, answer, even remixes now. So we're giving, or these platforms allow people to really strengthen a specific behavior with a motivation that's pushed by a specific platform. And we've seen this through all of the social apps that we can think of, right? TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat. And now when we talk about Web 3.0, we're talking specifically of a place that really allows us to gather and have some different kind of social interaction. And I'll let Carla here just tell us how these possibilities of, you know, gathering and communities in a different way from Web 2.0 has really developed. Yeah, sure. Actually, what we were thinking and exploring on Web 3 is that as a difference with Web 2, what we can have here is actually getting again the concept of play, actually playing with identities, with interactions, with spaces, with elements that trigger our behaviors. So we have these endless possibilities of explore ourselves and interact with others in ways that we wouldn't even imagine. We, we don't have to be grounded on a set of specific or attached to reality elements. We can have this mixture of fantasy with reality, with other ways of interchanging value, with interacting with spaces. Because actually what the um, Web3 allows is to expand these possibilities. So we believe that there's a very rich ground there for people to, um, even for us to explore what really means to be human even, or to engage with people in different ways and create these meta communities with a different set of rules. So we see all the technology that Web3 gives us as this means for people to actually explore these limits of the possible. Well, that ties perfectly into my next question. How this awareness of the physical in terms of how you perceive your identity, right? In the digital spaces are kind of changing the game for everyone else, right? Um, and since you need space to play, could you explain how this digital arena is paying this very, 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 giving us this huge opportunity in terms of new identity perception. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting, or we think it's a really interesting, not only space, but process, because this digital arena, we've seen it in the human behavior since centuries ago, right? Where everybody was able to show what they were good at. 
And we can even think about it with the Greeks, with the Romans. And when we come forward in time, we know that everybody now has a possibility to use it. Everybody now has something to show the world. And we can see it in all of the platforms that we use. But specifically inside Web 3.0 and all of these new digital spaces, we can see that people are gathering and are joining these kind of platforms to really show what they can offer to the world, right? People jump inside the metaverse or jump inside the central and the sandbox or any other Roblox or even Fortnite or all of these spaces to show the world what they can do in this kind of situations or this kind of build spaces. Because that way you can tell other people or show other people the new abilities you acquired and in consequence, the way you're building your identity, right? It's it's funny that we quoted David Eagleman inside this paper because he had something really interesting to say. He was a writing that we have happened to evolve into a specific kind of body, right? But now inside the possibilities that Web 3.0 allow us to develop, we can change our possibility of being to whatever we can imagine. We can build any kind of avatar with the features that we like, right? So we can start talking about us, not only related to fluidity of gender, but we can talk about us ourselves having the possibility of adding wings to our bodies, maybe adding some super speed, maybe adding some super knowledge, maybe adding some crypto abilities inside a specific space. So what's been going on in this space is that we are getting this sense of not only uh, augmentation, but some kind of, we can maybe call it even like personal evolution to what we desire to be inside these spaces. And it's funny because we've seen a lot of people using even Web 3, Web 2.0 to have these kind of different personalities and allow themselves to really show how they are in different spaces because we can even see it in platforms like Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter where people don't behave the same way. Now, on Web 3.0, that we are allowed to really show ourselves and include anything that we can think of to our avatars and in consequence ourselves inside the spaces, it's really what's been going on and the way that we are defining self and being inside these new spaces. And also, and I'll let Carla like jump here, it's been really interesting that this possibility of, you know, showing other people and gathering in certain spaces works because you are also defined by the way other people see you inside this Web 3.0, right, Carla? Yeah, actually, there's another thing that is really interesting is that, as Dom was saying, these digital arenas are these spaces where people are allowed to, to explore. And also, they're allowed to even make up their own rules. And it's interesting how we, with our behaviors, can modify the digital arenas, but also the digital arenas set up and trigger certain behaviors. So that allows us and allow even brands to think what kind of behaviors we want to promote in those spaces. We can even think of, if we think of spaces of digital arenas in Web 2.0, we can think, as Domingo was saying, in Instagram, in Twitter, and how other people see us. There's Maybe it's, it's driven a lot of acceptance or even competition. So what we believe is like a lot of value here and the technology that enables Web3 is to even think of what else we can promote or what other rewards 
can we give to people? We can transcend competition. We can transcend like all the typical behaviors that we, we've been looking on social media and create communities around other values that actually people are looking for, making even the play the center of everything if we want to create a community around play. And that doesn't have to be linked with competition. For example, we can actually think of many possibilities understanding what is driving people to engage with those communities to be part to be um, active in those digital arenas and that's what what we believe is like a lot of value there to explore and i'll just add something real quick here that these arenas you know we used to think the people in the center of a specific space right but right now it can be just anything you want in the world or even a new planet or anything you can just imagine right we can also design the belly of a whale if we want to have this new, you know, runway over there. Or maybe we can just have something in the bottom of the sea or the way we would like to imagine it and just build it in a digital way. So I think that's really important what, what Tala was saying. And I think that's also pretty cool. <laughs> Dom, what you're saying reminds me of the DALI 2 AI tool, which the abilities that it has, it's, it's pretty serious. However, everyone is using it for playing. But yeah, it's like the natural way for us to approach technology is through play, right? Yes. So really, thank you guys for coming. It was nice talking to you. Amazing to talk to you, Dom, again. Long time no see. Let's keep in contact. And to those who are listening, remember that our issue on the state of play is linked in the podcast description. So go ahead and have a read yourself. Thank you for listening to the Social Innovation Lab podcast and see you next week.